Hey there, Donna Ashton here for some real talk. Honestly, I don't like working that much, but I do like to make a lot of money. And I'm here to help you work less and make more so you can have your dream business. To be the boss on your terms, work when you want, from where you want, and maybe take Fridays off. This show is for coaches, consultants, and experts who want to leverage their time, make a bigger impact, and earn more money without working harder. Here's what you'll get on my show. Successful entrepreneurs revealing their best tips for a laptop lifestyle, my strategy and tools for creating courses, and the latest marketing trends to get your course sold. Basically, stories of real people living their dream business who also have the freedom to enjoy it. Okay, welcome back. So who would like to keep more of what they're making in their business so they can reach their personal lifestyle goals faster? Well, I'm so excited to have our guest today who teaches how to do more with their revenue through proactive planning and to not only take advantage of the tax benefits and investment opportunities, but to make better spending decisions in their business. So I'm super excited to have Nicole Peterkin Morong on the show. So let me give you a little information about her and we'll bring her on. So Nicole helps clients achieve their financial goals more efficiently and with less stress through financial planning, advice, and accountability by keeping their financial resources and decisions aligned with those goals and their ideal lifestyle. So let me introduce Nikki Peterkin Morong, an author, speaker, and CEO of Peterkin Financial. So welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about money and numbers, something I don't usually like to talk about, but I think like the thought of keeping more money in our business is something that I think as we, you know, first start working as entrepreneurs, we're just like trying to bring all the money in and we're, and I had years like where I was like, okay, I've made a, you know, what I thought was a pretty good living at the time. And then when I went back and looked at my expenses and did all my taxes and how much money went to Facebook ads and marketing and coaching and whatever, all of the things I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, that $100,000 didn't really seem to even matter because, you know, there was such a small percentage of it that was really coming back and, you know, staying in the business. So I've tried to rework some things. So I can't wait to dive in today with you because, um, you know, I think there is so much to be said for, you know, people can make millions of dollars, but if they're not keeping the money and they're not, you know, actually able to have that as profit or their pay or whatever, then, you know, it's, it's just coming in and going right out. So um, let's dive in with you and just give us a little bit of a background and how you are where you are today. Yeah. I mean, I think what you said is so Donna um, and I think I'll just start with my personal experience in business, like as a female entrepreneur, who has a financial planning practice. 
Um, I started off traditionally like many other businesses, which is like, you're just trying to survive, right? Like your first year in business, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out your offering, who your client is, what your pricing is, you're bootstrapping, right? Because nobody's just handing you money to start your business. So you kind of assume that like early on in your business, you're not going to be able to take a salary or to take profit. You might be able to take a little bit, but you understand that you kind of have to like invest into this thing that you want to be able to generate long-term, right? So I found myself, I made six figures my first year in business, but I was like heavily investing in like education and different programs and trying to figure out like how to carve my space in this industry. And I feel like every year I'd make like 20%, 30%, 50% more. And I knew I was making money. Like my lifestyle was kind of increasing, but like the stress never went down and clients just kept increasing. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, well now if you have 500 clients, you need a full-time assistant, you need to delegate X, Y, and Z. And so it's like, oh my God, like my revenue keeps increasing. People keep saying these things like six figures is the magic number, but like I made six figures at 22 years old. Now I'm making, you know, $250,000 in this for you know three or four years and I still can't figure out like how do I keep six figures is the question and nobody was really helping me and many of my clients were like employees they had a w-2 paycheck and I had this client who was making like eighty thousand dollars a year and she had like 10 investment properties so and she was like building net worth differently than than other people and then I'd have these um, self-employed who were like me, who were bringing in more than me. They might be bringing in like 500,000, 150,000. And they were barely themselves 50 grand and they barely, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they might have like one rental property, nothing in retirement. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I know unique in that I'm struggling too with my cash flow, even though I know how to make money. But why is it that entrepreneurs like, there's this like, myth out there that like, we have all the money, we make all the money, we're the most successful. But when you look at your balance sheet, it doesn't reflect. And it's really the people who are getting their like thousand dollars a week that are able to do more. Yeah. Um, so it, that really frustrated me. And I like, kind of went on a mission to fix that for myself um, and have started teaching that now. So. Amazing. So what can you, if, if, if you're just coming to someone, you're a new client, like what is a, like a step one? Like, what do you, what do you suggest to kind of get started? So I think if you are who's feeling like you don't have control over your revenue and you just keep kind of saying like, okay, when I make the next 50,000 or the next hundred thousand or the next client, like when I grow my business, then I can take home more. Um, I would encourage you to kind of like think back to one year, two year, three years ago where you're making less and see like, are you really making more now that you've worked so much harder? Um, it's, it's what you talk about, Donna. It's the whole, like, how do we work less and make how you work less and make more is understanding how to take home more from what you're already making. So the first starting point is understanding your revenue, but it's not just like understanding how much you it's looking at, like the seasons of your business, the timing of your cash flow, like understanding that like, if you plan your expenses off of your best month, mm. you're going to drown. You're going to suffocate. There's no way. Like we all have those. Oh. You're making, you know, half a million dollars a year. You might have a thousand dollar month and you have $10,000 a month. Like it's just kind of the yeah. understanding like 
the seasons in your, what are your busy months, your launch month, when do you new, when do you, like whatever your revenue streams are, the timing of those being able to align your expense with the timing of the revenue really allows you to plan better and to create more leverage. So like that's, that's probably the first step, even though that doesn't fully achieve what you do with the money, it helps you create a surplus if you understand um, the timing of your timing of your expenses and can make sure all having a every month. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I think all of us have been, I know I was like a struggling coach for a long time. And then when I had like a big windfall, you know, you get excited and you think, oh my gosh, now from here forward, this is going to be my income. And that is unrealistic. Like you said, knowing the, the ups and downs and the throughout the year, like when are your big months, when are your slow months? And I, after a couple of years, I realized the summer is really slow for me. So I have to try to, you know, and I've tried to put things in place so that I still have some income coming in and how can I do that? But if otherwise, like you said, you're sort of drowning in crap, you know, I have to wait till I start making some money again. If you don't have something set aside or that you anticipate those and you are, yeah, like putting out a lot of money for a VA or like coaching or some big trips, suddenly you're like in that roller coaster feast and famine kind of cycle and it can be scary um, you know, until you kind of have something in place, like a safety net. Yeah. I think that it feels overwhelming to try to predict the revenue business when you're looking at it, because there's so much that's uncertain. Um, but I think we plan revenue, even when you're an employee, I mean, everyone listening has probably had W2 paycheck at some time, even if it was in high school and it's, know what you know your life right when Christmas is coming you know when you can pick up overtime or have extra hours like intuitively we know and can kind of plan for those things and plan for those big purchases and we just need to be doing those things in our business Mm -hmm. Uh, you're right I mean there are investments that do need to be made like like coaching or like you know upgrading your branding or changing your website like there are big things that are expensive need to happen to get your business to the next level sometimes but those shouldn't be like oh i hope once i get it done then i'll be able to pay kind of things like they yeah. should be strategic and there should be some kind of element of pre-planning and saving um and i know that it's hard to do when you have like all the balls in the air so that's part of like why it's so important to have systems around your money so that you can continually like check in on your revenue check in on your check in on what you're taking home um, and feel like your system be doing things that help you achieve the goals whether that's saving for retirement or just building a general investment portfolio or vacation fund for yourself like you look at your numbers and you need to have a system around looking for your at your numbers in order to be able to do those things in order to be able to like planning and have your business those lifestyle goals yeah i mean i think it just i mean i've really only been doing this for the last few years for myself before it was very much fly by the seat of my pants everything was in my paypal account like it was just not good business practice and i guess i was you know treating it as like well i'm not even making that much money so you know, I just took money out when I needed it and, um, and you know, whatever was left in there, I just used it for business. I used it for personal. It was not a great thing. And then I really, um, Profit First was a really good book for me that I started reading. And I, I started to put things in place. And then 
I kind of was like, I wasn't really totally following it. And then I was like, okay, I really, you know, when I started to make some more money, I was like, I need to get this in place. And it has really changed my business. Like, and I'm sure for maybe, maybe some people just know you're supposed to do that kind of thing, but I am like the worst when it comes to tracking money and numbers and things. And I'm, I've gotten better because I have to, right. To see what are my business expenses? I was actually just thinking this, like, when's the last time I looked at my business expenses again and started to see, because we start to add things and we, oh yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm do that. And like, okay, looking and just really knowing, but just having a different bank accounts and having something set up where I am taking my profit first. I am taking an owner's pay. I am, you know, putting money aside for taxes. Hello, what a concept. Instead of freaking out at the end of the year, every year, like I'm already going, I'm looking at my tax. I'm like, I have a lot of money in that tax account already, you know, like, cause I know it's like coming up. So I'm thinking, I don't have to worry like, oh my God, I have this big tax bill. And if there's money left over, woohoo, you know, it's onto some like, you know, I could do something with that extra money. So it feels really good to have a system that I have, you know, that I have stuck to now for about two years, really diligently. And it, it really paid off last year. And I can see even more. And as I'm scaling my business, you know, being able to have something and I'm sure there are more things to do. This for me was like a big step, but I know there's yeah. more. But um, yeah, speak to to this or and any tips that you can give for, you know, just all of those things that maybe many of us don't like to look at or do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Profit First is a great system. I implement Profit First in my business, and I do talk about it with my clients a lot. Um, because I think that it is a really, really good foundational system to just start. It's a forcing mechanism, right? Like it forces you to have the money for taxes, to pay yourself, to not spend more than what's in your operating account, to have some profit. I think once you have the profit first system down, then it's really about creating leverage because it's all well and good if you have money in your tax account and if you have money in your business um, account to cover your business expenses and you're paying yourself a salary. But if you are paying yourself on W-2 and on owner's draws, then um, the risk that I see a lot of the time with clients is that they end up like implementing the profit first system and they have like these big piles of cash, but they're kind of afraid to use it. So it's like yeah. you have the cash in your profit hold account, you have the money in your pay account, and you kind of just spend within your owner's pay and the profit account is, is savings. But it's like, what there are so many different greatest thing about being in business is that there are so many different tax benefits. There's things on your business, personal benefit. So, it, so like health savings accounts are one that, that have been coming up a lot lately, like put pre-tax away for health expenses that your insurance might not cover. Um, if you are, whether you're um, just an LLC or, or a sole proprietor, or whether you're an there are a lot of different opportunities for your business to put away money for retirement, pre-tax. There are opportunities for you to put away money for yourself. You're on payroll. Um, and so just looking at like, maybe retirement's not a really big priority, but what big priority and are there things that are a big priority for you that your business can put away money for you? So that instead of you earning a dollar, paying 30 cents in taxes and getting to spend 70 cents. Like how do we get back up to that dollar and invest that dollar? So that it's $2, so that it's $5. And so I think in order to do that, you need to kind of, I've kind of deconstructed profit first. So in the beginning I was very militant about 
owner's pay is all I spend, like owner's pay and profit distributions are all I spend. And now I've started to like inflate my operating expenses so that my business is paying me a higher salary on the business, Mm. putting money in retirement on the business, paying for my car on the business, Mm. um, travel, like that kind of stuff where it's like a tax deduction, but it's fully for personal benefit. And I don't care if my operating expense is 70% if I'm taking home 25% of that 70%. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah. So you're taking things out of that. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, I don't know anything about that other than I've been like working my numbers, you know, diligently trying to take more owner's pay and less operating expenses and mm-hmm. see how it goes and, and raise my profit and raise my taxes a little. So I've, it's kind of fun to play with the numbers, but I think you're right. Like there is this like once you have it going, like, I feel like I've got it. Like then there's probably like stage two, like, okay, now what can we do as money, as I'm scaling and making more money? And like, what is the next thing? Cause I see like investments and saving for retirement, none of which I have any of. And it's kind of like, I feel like, okay, I'm not like a super young chicken. <laughs> I need to kind of <laughs> be thinking and I've got college happening next year. And, and there's probably some things I should be doing. So how do you recommend, do you recommend just like getting a personal person to discuss this with, because it does it just really depend on your situation and how much money you are and, and all of that, like, or is there sort of a blanket that you can recommend as people are kind of going to that stage too? So I think if you are, there's so many different ways to slice it up, right? Like if you're working with a CPA, one of my biggest frustrations early on in my business is that I felt like I was tax advice. I wasn't really getting proactive tax planning. Like I was saying I wanted tax planning, but then every single time we'd come to the end of the year and I'd be like, okay, this is how much you owe. And do you yeah. want to throw a little bit of a retirement account? And like, that was kind of it. That's your plan. Um, yeah. So I mean, one of the first places that you can start if you feel like you have a surplus to do something with is before the end of year, like every quarter, reaching out to your accountant to say, hey, you know, here's what I'm trying to achieve. Like, here are my goals. I really care about retirement. I want to play catch up. Or, you know, I don't really care about retirement, but I want to reduce my taxes and have my money working harder for me. They might end up referring you to a financial planner. Like, they might not actually be willing to do that kind of planning, but some accountants will say like, oh, you know, oh, I know that you have a 12 year old, you know, do you want to put them on payroll? You could start saving for them and putting them on payroll. And that's a way to shift taxes from your high tax bracket to your child's tax bracket. And you can pay that. Yeah. Like just think you can pay them, you know, you can put money away into retirement start early for them, or you can pay them, you know, they can pay their own way on family vacations. You can pay them like reasonable wage for their age appropriate activities. So there are like different tax. I never knew that was even a thing. (laughs) So so there's stuff like that, that you can get kind of from talking to your accountant. Um, The best way that I found to work with my accountant more efficiently, this is not going to sound small, but like tax books, like they're like, kind of like, you know, those dummies books. Yeah. Uh, like whatever for dummies, this, I think it's a, a man um, named Sandy Botkin does like this, like updated tax guide every year that I get Amazon. And I like read through that with a highlighter. And then I'll use that to talk to my accountant about, I know this does not sound sexy. If you don't want to do that. Um, so this is part of like, Sorry, I can't start- even imagine myself doing that, but um. <laughs> um, so 
I mean, part of it is that, so I did a lot of this stuff to figure out like right. the, the hacks, right? Like that's how I know about like, you know, putting your kid on roll and being able to do yeah, these things. That's this, so is, interesting. This, is why, this is why I started my program um, that I was telling you a little bit about before Donna, Next Level Profits. It's like Next Level Profits is a 12 month program where this is the kind of stuff that I teach and talk about. So it's like, you're not hiring somebody to do it for you. And you're not like trying to you know, do it alone with your accountant or with your bookkeeper or with your attorney. Right. It's like, there's a course that you, that self-paced that you work through on your own. And then it's 12 months of like monthly coaching calls and monthly Q and a calls to really like push you through, like really helping you build a system, create leverage, understand these things, my eyes on your business. So like, that's something that if of you listening are interested in, check it out. And in Next Level Profits, we talk about a lot of this stuff. But also if you're working with a financial planner, like try to bridge the gap. If you're a financial planner, if you're hiring or working with somebody one-on-one and they're not talking to your CPA or they're not talking you through what you might talk about with your CPA and with your bookkeeper, like try to open up the lines of conversation because maybe they can't or don't do that, but maybe they just don't know that that's what you want. Or maybe you're not paying for that. So maybe you're paying them for one thing and you could pay them a little bit more for some advice and they could really help with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think we don't know what we don't know. Right. So it's kind of like, oh, is that a thing? (laughs) Can we do that? Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just really, you know, like not into that stuff, but I feel like I need to learn this because I want to, you know, why should I pay more when I don't have to, right? It's all about that work less, make more. So I, if I'm already making the money, how can I keep as much as possible and then do some other things with it that could help in the future? Right. I mean, that's it. That's it. Do I really, if I want $20,000 more, like, do I really have to make 50,000? Like, is this really, like, yeah, it's is there, weird. there has to be a way. <laughs> I know it's weird. Cause it's like, I know I was just, you know, talking to my coach in in that mastermind that I went and she was talking about, you know, making $5 million and putting a million dollars aside for taxes. And that really hit me hard. Now, I mean, making $5 million is amazing, (laughs) but I'm thinking, really? You have to put a million dollars aside out of 5 million to pay for taxes? Like, that did just rub me the wrong way. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's something that we've been talking about actually. Um, and the next level of profits program is just like the whole ideal life business thing is like, I love, on one hand, I love that people talk about six figures so much because they don't like, if you're, if you're making less than a business, it's going to be really hard to build financial security because we all know, but like making a hundred thousand in your business does not mean spending anywhere close thousand dollars. So I get that six figures is an important benchmark, but once you're talking about seven figures, it's like, okay what kind of business do you want to build? What is your ideal business? Because anyone can build a seven-figure business if they spend, you know, yeah. $950,000 on, on Facebook marketing. ads and right. marketing. Right. But like, right. how much do you want to take home? What do you want right. your lifestyle to be like? Are you trying to build something that you want to sell later? Or is this like you want to, you know, have 20 people on payroll and put food on people's tables. Like what is your motivation for making seven figures or more? Because yeah, you're right. The taxes go up, the operating expenses go up, the systems go up and like, yeah, you're making more, but like how much more can you make the same 250,000 take home on a $500,000 revenue in your business? Yeah. That's interesting to think like, you know, if you're being really smart, 
and you're bringing home a lot more, like you said, you might be doing a double the work to make that extra money, but then it's all going out the door anyway. So it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. And I think when you start to get to this level or that maybe, you know, kind of moving into, okay, what do we do with this money, whether it's from courses or coaching or your business, you know, to do play it smart and to really have a plan, at least, you know, something in mind instead of, you know, the way I've been sort of doing it, just kind of making it up as you go, but um, probably not recommended, like getting some, a little more advice and, and having a strategic plan behind it. Sounds like it will actually just give you a lot more money and leverage in what you're already doing. So that, that is, um, that's interesting, you yeah. know, to think about, well, yeah, like you could double your efforts and then bring home less money than just keeping this at this nice little, you know, amount here and still have more cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. I love how transparent you're being about that too, because it's like, we all just figure it out as we go. Like I'm sitting, like, I am a financial planner. I do this every single day. And I'm there, like, I've been in business for 10 years now. I just got like my business working optimally for me for personal benefit, like really three or four years ago. And I was like, how did it take me this long to figure it out? I have all the knowledge, but it's really hard to apply when you have, when you're wearing all the hats and you have all the systems. So it's like, if your expertise isn't in this, like there's no guilt, don't beat yourself up about it. Even if your expertise is in it, it's always, it's like the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. Yeah. Because you're so busy helping everyone else. Right. And I, I say the same thing. Like when people are out there doing their, their expertise, their expertise is not in how to make a course. Their expertise is in yeah. how to coach people and help people and teach people. So you can't be expected to know it. But um, yeah, like here, this just happened because here I am like totally be transparent here. I still do not have a bookkeeper or CPA helping me in my business. And I'm kind of blaming it where I used to say yay to my dad who forced me to learn how to do my taxes when I was 15 years old and 16, you know, when I first got my first mm-hmm. jobs and he made me learn how to do my taxes. I thought that was really great so that I didn't have to you know, pay someone. But like things are coming around. I just had to do these 1099 forms. Like, and this year I have like four to send. I'm like, every year I say, I am not going to be the one doing this again. And then I tried to hire a bookkeeper and she kind of bailed on me. And then I'm like, well, I have all my stuff in my little, you know, like QuickBooks and it's all in there and it's all going. But, you know, I, I have to do that. Like, I'm like, this is the year. And I tried this before. And then I'm like, well, I can figure out my taxes. I do it every year. I use TurboTax and it's all good. But I'm sure I need to like say, okay, it's time to turn this over to someone else. I should not be the one doing this. So, and just because we can do it, and I'm sure like I'm not a numbers person and why I think I can do my taxes and have been doing my taxes, I don't know. It's just I that one thing I can figure out. But um, again, I'm sure I'm missing some places and it's been okay now, but like I think I'm getting to the place, like you said, where it's time to have some more strategic things in place and, and, and do some more. So I, it's time for me to move up to the next level and not be doing this. So I'm like, well, if you have to get all that stuff together for the tax person, anyway, the easy part is just putting it all in. So like having someone do the taxes to me seems like stupid, but what you're saying about tax planning and having things in place before and doing those deductions and having those things in place makes a whole lot of sense. And I'm thinking, okay, I am going to do this. It's on my, it's on my to-do list for sure. Yeah. I mean, expect growing pains. I'm not trying to discourage you at all, but it's so, 
we talk about, again, like the make more work less, accountants are like the ultimate dollar per hour, time for dollars, a commodity, like profits being squeezed kind of industry. So yeah. it's like the average accountant has like what, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand clients who they're doing all their taxes for. So it's kind of like, sometimes it ends, it does end up being a turn and burn thing. And if you're not like a huge business that is bringing in seven figures and has more complexity, then sometimes you can get left by the wayside. And so I think I've had six different time that I've been in business as start working and I'm the same way. I'm like, I know how to file my own taxes. I pay attention to things and I would like type up everything and get all my documents, send a long email to the accountant and say this, 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 and this. And then something would be wrong or, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like, I wasn't getting proactive planning. So it's like, wait a second, paying a thousand dollars or more to get all this preparation done. And like, I'm on the hook anyway, and I'm doing all the work and it's yeah. really easy to get frustrated. Um, but it's about finding the right person. And it's about finding your communication style. I think when you do find somebody who is like super responsive, communicating with you again, like every quarter, yeah. really like, I feel like they're giving you like more proactive information than you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I have this person so that when X, Y, Z happens, I can just ping them and say, what do I yeah. do? What, what do I do? Right. But if you don't have that relationship with somebody, leave, try to find somebody else. It will feel like banging your head against a wall because it's so hard to fit and everyone promises you the moon until you become their client. And then you're like, what happened? Well, that's but good. That's a good warning. Kind of really, you know, and it's okay then to switch. If you don't, if you're not feeling it. Yeah. And many accountants will like review your taxes from the last year or the year before when they take you on as a client, because they want to get a sense for what you have going on, um, for what the other person did or for what you did. So yeah. if you switch to somebody else, the next person might say like, yeah, the last guy did a good job, but let's, you know, yeah, I get that you want more planning or they might say, yeah, oh, yeah. The last guy really messed up. Let me help you amend that. And so you just get a fresh set of eyes yeah. when you switch. It's a pain in the butt because it is more work for you. But I think once you find the right relationship for you, someone might not be a good fit for like your best friend, but then you might love that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You really have to find the right one. And that's why, I, like I said, I tried a couple people. I hired a woman and then she ghosted and I'm like, oh, never mind. I'll just do it myself. Like it just sort of like failed. Like, oh, here I am again, two years later, and I still don't have someone to do this. So um, I guess I just need to go out there and, and put out some feelers. So recommendations from other colleagues and friends. Is that how you recommend finding someone? Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. Like other professionals, I reached out. I found my current accountant by um, having lunch with an estate planning attorney that I've known for many years. And she spoke really, really highly of this accountant. I reached out to her and, um, and it's been great. And in the beginning, I, it was like, I was worried. I was like, oh no, is this the same thing over again where I'm not really yeah. going to get proactive planning? But then I started being proactive about reaching out and saying like, here's what okay, I want. Yeah. Here's what I need. I want to make sure that we're on the same page. Tell me what you need from me. What do you suggest? And then she started being more open and proactive and it's been yeah. really, really good. Well, that's good to know that you have to be a little bit, you have to be the squeaky wheel sometimes, you know, to kind of get what you want and not just sit back waiting another whole year and then nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Totally. So I think it's worth it if you find the right person, but yeah, that sounds great. I totally hear what you're saying. <laughs>
Well, any final tips or things we should look for or just ways that we can, like, again, I think it's, to me, it feels like I don't know what I don't know kind of a thing where maybe it's me like putting my head in the sand, like I don't want to know the stuff, <laughs> but, you know, need, I need to. And then like, you know, is there anything else that we should be looking for or can do to kind of help leverage more in our business or kind of bring more back that whole work less, make more, um, you know, way of doing business. Yeah. I think, so I think that there are the ultimate goal for everybody, in my opinion, is to be able to be investing, like be able to be invested in the stock market, in real estate, in like be diversified, right? Like have a diversified portfolio. Like don't just have one thing. Like nobody's built like real wealth on just like one business, one job, one investment, one right? Like you need yeah. diversification. You need, like, we all talk about different streams of income, but in order to get to the place where you're investing and investing consistently, you need to have a cushion. Like you need to have savings so that you feel empowered to be able to like say goodbye to that money that you, um, that you are putting towards investments so that it can double and triple and grow and compound for whatever your goals are. So what I would say is like, try to, outline your goals, like figure out what's important to you. If it's retirement, great. If it's not retirement, great. Like pick something that you want to invest towards that really is long-term, like five to 10 years. And then even if it's just a dollar, like start investing, even if it's like a dollar a month or like $10 a month, start investing and be in communication with, um, the people in your, like your CPA or your business coach or whoever to be able to figure out what the right thing is for you to build security so that you can invest more and more without it jeopardizing your, your day-to-day. Like you want to be able to have lifestyle, but you want to be able to invest too. And the only way is to have a surplus. So you mentioned profit first, Donna. I think that if any of your listeners like don't have a system for anything around their money and they're just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants, like money in, money out, profit first is a really good place to start to build that cushion, to start having the money for taxes, to start having the money for savings, to start paying yourself. Yeah. Um, but investing is so important. The number one reason why people don't build wealth is because there's just cash sitting in the bank and there's no like substantial investment portfolio. Like you can have, if you have a thousand dollars and it triples, then it turns into $4,000, right? Because $1,000 yep. turns into $2,000, $2,000 turns into $4,000. If you have $100,000 and it triples, like that's yep. $400,000, but you don't get there overnight. So it's the first dollar and it's just consistently investing for whatever your goal is that so you're tied into it. And then trying to make sure that those investments are like, if you can save some money on taxes by doing it through your business, great. If you can save some money on taxes by doing it personal in a certain way, great. But like, if not, invest anyway. Like if your yeah. investment is a boat, invest anyway. There's no tax benefit. Just yeah, money something. the long term and don't touch it. I love this because I have been like thinking of like, okay, how long do I want to keep going in my business, like there's going to be a time where I can't show up or I don't want to keep doing this anymore, right? That sort of exit strategy. And it's like, how can I build something that I will have even when I don't, you know, of course I'm all about leverage and doing it and having courses and all of that. And I already have sold one business, but it's like, 
how can I have something keep going even when I'm like, okay, I'm done with this now, or I don't want to do this part anymore. I want to do something else, you know, and it's, I don't want to work till I'm 80. So it's like, how do I do that? So I love that you're bringing in the investing. And once you kind of get to this place where you can really, um, you know, use the money that you're having, like you're saying, instead of just leaving big chunks of it sitting over there in the bank, like do something with it that can really get you that return on investment. So Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay. Well, tell everyone where can people connect with you and maybe learn a little bit more about this course, which I'm like knowing now that I must take. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yes, I think it's time for you to do this. <laughs> so, give us like some, we'll put it all in the show notes, but just tell us where we can connect with you. Yeah. So, my website is Peterkin, um, which is my maiden name, peterkinfinancial.com. Um, and you can find the Next Level Profits program on that site. It's peterkinfinancial.com forward slash next hyphen level hyphen profits. Um, I'm also on Instagram at peterkinfinancial. Um, that's it. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for stirring up all of our fears on money and taxes. <laughs> but I mean, it's something we need to look at. And I know as entrepreneurs and coaches, it's, well, we don't want to mess with that stuff, but it is there. And when you get to that level where you really need to start looking at it, you want to have a plan and have, um, you know, smartly kind of make your money work for you. So check out Nicole's all amazing information or courses and check her out over there so that you can be steered in the right direction and make your money work for you so you can work less and make more. So thank you so much for joining me today. Love talking about numbers and keeping more money. (laughs) That's the fun part of it. So I appreciate so much you being here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was really fun. Okay, guys, until the next episode, I will see you then. Thanks so much for dropping in and spending time with me. Does your dream of working less seem a bit closer after that episode? Mine does. And I hope you got some juicy nuggets to inspire and move you closer to your goals. And if you're wondering if you are ready to do this, hop over and take the Create Your Course quiz for instant results on your next step in the course process createyourcoursequiz.com. Check the show notes for all the links at donnaashton.com forward slash podcast. Before you go, if you enjoyed the conversation, make sure to subscribe to the show to get new episodes each Thursday as they come out. And if you're on the Apple podcast app and want to leave us a quick review and some love, that will help spread the word to motivate others to work less and make more.